Trading at Schwab is now powered by Ameritrade, unlocking the power of Thinkorswim, the award-winning trading platforms loaded with features that let you dive deeper into the market. Visualize your trades in a new light on Thinkorswim Desktop with robust charting and analysis tools, all while you uncover new opportunities with up-to-the-minute market news and insights. Thinkorswim is available on desktop, web, and mobile to meet you where you are. It's built by the trading obsessed to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are higher as stronger payroll growth calms concerns that slowing momentum in the job market would weigh on the economy. Our coverage continues here on Bloomberg Radio. Lots of reaction to today's report. We've got the S&P up 29 now to 21.27, a gain there of 1.4%. Dow Industrials up 236 points, a gain of 1.3%. And NASDAQ is up 75 points, a gain of 1.5%. A 10-year up a 4.30 seconds at yield, 1.36%. Gold lower little change, down 0.1%, dropping $1.30 the ounce to 1360 And crude oil up 18 cents a barrel. It is now at 45.31 for West Texas Intermediate. That's a gain of 4 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Been a roller coaster ride in the labor market the last couple of months. At least that's the picture we get from the Department of Labor's monthly employment report. We saw in June that jobs surged by 287,000. But they had risen only 11,000 the month before. So which month, which set of numbers tells the true story of where the economy is and where it's heading? And is it really that volatile lately? We're going to put this question now to Chris Liu. He's Deputy Secretary at the Department of Labor. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So I'm sure you've gotten that that question all (laughs) day long. Why so volatile? I mean, it's, it's frequently a bit volatile, but this is extreme. Well, Kathleen, look, it's one of the reasons why we don't put too much stock on any one month's numbers. If you uh, look at the three-month average, it's about 147,000 jobs created per, per month. If you look at the year as a whole, it's about 172,000. So I think it's best to take these numbers in the aggregate and realize that with any individual month, uh, there are going to be fluctuations. Now, not often as much as this. Uh, but it does show the strength of the U.S. economy, uh, the resilience of, of the U.S. economy. And so there's a lot of good in these numbers. Chris Liu, I'm wondering if you could tell us whether there's been any kind of meeting or conversations that you've had in terms of the strength of the U.S. dollar and what that's doing to U.S. businesses. You're right. Uh, you know, it's important to note that these numbers predated Brexit. And while these are very positive numbers, it shows, um, you know, it continues the longest economic recovery in history, there are certainly headwinds. And one of those headwinds is the strong U.S. dollar, weakening global demand, and, you know, the uncertainty that Brexit creates. So we continue to watch what happens not only overseas, but 
uh, other headwinds here in the United States. Um, but we know what we can do. Uh, we know, for instance, infrastructure spending is a great way not only to create good-paying jobs, but also uh, to help businesses ship their products uh, in the most efficient manner. So there are lots of things we can do. We can increase the minimum wage. Uh, we can uh, enact paid leave policies. So we're going to focus on what we can here, always with an eye towards um, other issues, other factors. Well, you know, but I, I, Pim, let's, let's follow up on Pim's question, though, on, on the strong dollar, because that's certainly against the pound, uh, you know, big, big move after Brexit. And we know that many U.S. manufacturers say this this hurts them. It hurts U.S. their ability to sell their goods overseas. Now, uh, there are frequently rumblings uh, in in Washington in academia. It's not the most popular view, but a lot of people say you gotta you've got to do something about how currency arrangements are conducted around the world. Is there ever any talk about that within the administration? Well, look, uh, you know, if those conversations are happening, they're not happening at the Department of Labor. We're focusing on what we can focus on, which is to try to provide. Uh, skills to workers so that they can uh, take advantage of this uh, growing economy. And uh, the currency issues are what they are. And as I said, there are always going to be headwinds that we're going to face, not only overseas, but here. Um, and certainly the strong dollar makes it more challenging for U.S. exporters. Uh, but when you look across the board, not only at today's numbers, but a lot of the other uh, important indicators, whether it's consumer spending, whether it's auto sales, uh, whether it's on uh, initial unemployment claims, um, it shows the continued resilience of this economy, uh, but there are always headwinds. Chris Luke, could you speak to the issue of the Federal Reserve's debate over whether to raise interest rates? If the economy is as, well, not robust, but as healthy as it is made out to be, at least by this jobs report, would 25 basis points of an increase really damage the U.S. economy? You know, we, we, we make it a practice not to opine on what the Federal Reserve uh, should or should not do. That's really in their prerogative. What I can tell you is this, which is as good as these numbers are, there is more work to be done. Uh, as we say all the time, um, the wages are the unfinished business of this recovery. Uh, for on an annualized basis, wages have grown 2.6%, and that's one of the highest it's been in a long time. But that really doesn't make up for the wage stagnation that most workers have faced over the last couple of decades. So we know we need to do more on that. Uh, I'm not prepared to say that we are at full employment, and uh, I'll leave that to others. But uh, we're going to continue focusing on providing skills to workers uh, so that they can compete for the jobs of the 21st century. Hmm, you know, it, we're all for that, I think, in this country. Let's provide the skills. You know, let's boost community colleges, for example. That's been going on for a while now. But we still see a big gap. We still see, for example, that you know, jobless claims you know, are way down. But there's a lot of jobs that aren't getting filled. Is there something lacking? We, this has been talked about and steps are taken, but we still have a big skills gap. Does it have to start in, in junior high? Do people need to get educated better? What needs to be done, Chris? You're right. This is not something that we can do after somebody has finished high school, finished community college. This needs to be a whole of government approach that really starts all the way from pre-K uh, up through high school, through community colleges, through colleges, through the workforce system. Last month, there were 5.8 million open jobs in this country. About 10% of them are in the IT sector. Those are great-paying jobs. And when Secretary Perez and I travel around the country, we meet with companies all the time that are ready to hire, but they can't find the skilled workers they need. Likewise, we talk to job seekers who want uh, to, to get these jobs but lack the skills. And so what we've been focusing on is how do we retool the workforce system in this country to be more responsive to the needs of industry and not only train people for the jobs of today but the jobs of tomorrow. So it requires 
working with our partners uh, in the federal government on how you improve our education system, how we make greater use of community colleges, how we ensure um, greater use of technology like online training, boot camps, coding boot camps to help people get the skills they need. You know, I think one of the other big challenges we have in this country is that there used to be a time when you could train for a job once and then you never needed any more training. That's not the economy we live in right now. So we need to create a culture in which people are willing to get trained throughout their entire life. Thank you for spending time with us and sharing your views. Chris Liu is Deputy Secretary of the U.S. Department of Labor, joining us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes, and this is Bloomberg. Good jobs growth in June after pretty dismal jobs growth in May. What's going to happen for the rest of the year? What does it mean for Fed policymakers? What does it mean for the markets? That's coming up on Taking Stock. The Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit returns to London on April 25th for a solution-driven look at the sustainable business and finance landscape, looking at the latest trends in ESG regulations, supply chain innovation, and transition finance. Speakers include leaders from CDP, Emirates Environment Group, TNFD, C-Trace, COA, and more. Summit advisors include City and Schneider Electric. Visit BloombergLive.com slash SBS 2024 to learn more.